TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And we are back, and we do welcome in Dan. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage with you, Dan, here on this Tuesday morning from Las Vegas. We appreciate it. I I don't know if the night's festivities kept you up late, but we appreciate you waking up early out there on the West Coast time zone. How are you this morning? I'm good, guys. How are you? You know, it's funny. We've done several Super Bowls now, and being in the, the Pacific time zone, is a little odd because opening night last night, which was, you know, these huge ceremonies, it all started around 3 o'clock when we got in the stadium. The actual <laughs> festivities went from 5 to 7, and we were done. So it was actually kind of an early night. Yeah, we, we played some audio. I don't know if you could hear it right before you come on of Mahomes catching some heat from 49ers fans. What's the vibe out there? That's certainly sounding like the 49ers fans are out in full force. We know Chiefs Kingdom is going to be there. But this isn't going to be a friendly environment for the Chiefs who knocked off the 49ers in a Super Bowl not too long ago. I would imagine it's there's there's going to be some hostility out there in Vegas. Yeah, I think the 49ers and the the players and fans both feel there's unfinished business here, but you know, you still got to play the game and you still got to go through the Chiefs. So, we'll see what happens. It was interesting last night in in uh, they held opening night in Allegiant Stadium, and it was fairly full. The, the lower deck was almost completely full. And so there's a lot of fans there, but I, I had a hard time getting a sense for how, how many were 49ers fans, how many were Chiefs fans, because when Mahomes and Kelsey took the stage, it just seems like everybody loves these guys. And, and I, I know that's not the case. I know there are some hardcore 49ers fans who are going to hate him, and, but it was hard to tell who was 49er fan and who was a Chiefs fan. You know, when you look at this particular game, the matchups are fascinating, of course, between the two quarterbacks. But there's a matchup that really, really intrigues me. And if I can ask you about uh, Donovan Smith versus Bosa, that's going to be a fascinating matchup. Are the Chiefs going to do something a little extra to help protect Mahomes uh, with, with a pass rush by a guy of the quality of Bosa? I mean, that, that guy's something special. Are they going to use uh, Pacheco to uh, – uh, chip? Are they going to chip with a with a receiver, or they or a tight end, or what are they going to do to help uh, Donovan Smith uh, with Bosa? Yeah, Paul, I hope so because he's a train wreck, man. He that is. guy Bosa's fierce. He, I mean, he's physical, he's fast, and he's you know that he's got that tenacious, never quit 
So even when you think you've shoved him to the ground, he gets back up and somehow chases your quarterback down. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Definitely one of those players you got to watch for. Uh, I think it's interesting about the 49ers defense because the back end of their defense is really a lot of, uh, you know, free agents and old veterans that have been, you know, to five, six different teams. And now the front four guys and those linebackers, that's a different story. So that is going to be something to watch because, you know, their linebackers are fierce too, man. But Bosa sets the stage for all of that. So somehow the Chiefs have to have an answer beyond just one guy taking care of Bosa because one guy doesn't take care of Bosa. I think the, the attitude of, of the 49ers, both offensively and defensively, is you get one-on-one, you should win. So I know Bosa thinks that way. I know George Kittle thinks that way. So it, it's something they're going to have to – and I think, you know, that's the beauty of Coach Reed and his creativity is he'll find some creative way to, to, to get an extra hand on, on Bosa somehow. The other matchup that jumps off the page, of course, and we've talked about it already, is Christian McCaffrey against a run defense that has been near the bottom of the league in yards per carry allowed. Um, the, the 49ers, Dan, are not going to make the same mistake the Ravens made. I, I cannot imagine a scenario in that game. I don't care what kind of lead the Chiefs potentially would have that would make Kyle Shanahan not give McCaffrey touches in this game. What is the plan for him? Injuries going to play a factor. We know that, and we'll get the latest on that in just a minute. But what do you do if you're the Chiefs to neutralize this weapon? Because, you know, the beauty of the 49ers offense is they have a lot of weapons. It's hard to single out anybody, but they're going to have to with McCaffrey first and foremost. Yeah, Jacob, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, Isaiah Pacheco, to me, is the funnest running back in the national football to watch. But the second is definitely Christian McCaffrey. And you can argue that he's got, at times, more effectiveness than Pacheco. He just is one of those guys that's special. You know, you watch him run. It kind of reminds me, I mean, this is a strange tie, but kind of reminds me of Barry Sanders, where you never wanted to take your eye off Sanders because you knew he'd do something. Right now, he was more wily, and and you know Sanders would run around. Somehow, you think you'd have him down, and you couldn't. But McCaffrey's more of a power kind of back. He just blows right through your line. But he's a guy that you just absolutely have to have an answer for. And I'll and I'll throw on there Debo Samuel. Both these guys can catch, run. They can, you know. I just I feel like talent wise that they definitely have that stacked up. And I, and the one thing else that I'd say about this versus Baltimore because you're right. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to make that same mistake. The one thing I would add to that is Purdy, when he has to throw the ball, is very accurate. Lamar Jackson struggles to throw to the sidelines. He can throw straight ahead accurately, but when he has to throw at an angle, he was not a very accurate quarterback. Purdy is not that way. Purdy can throw the ball. That's why the 49ers have such a high yak. Uh, you know, they, they deliver the ball on time and – in a spot where you can get yards after the catch. So these two, I think both these guys are going to be formidable weapons for, for the 49ers. The one thing I'll say is somehow, some way, Steve Spagnuolo figures out a way to mitigate these guys. You know, when we played them a year and a half ago, they just got McCaffrey. And the Chiefs defense kind of took care of business, but he wasn't fully a 49er yet. Now we're going to see a, a, a you know, a a full Christian McCaffrey knowing every page in the playbook, not just 10 pages in the 10 pages in the playbook. And 
So it's going to be a, a matchup to watch for sure. I think, you know, Chris Jones will factor into that, how healthy he is. Uh, you know, it just, it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those uh, opportunities, challenges for the Chiefs defense to say, okay, maybe we weren't historically good at stopping the run, but we are going to be today because Christian McCaffrey could end up with 150 yards on you. And you do that. I think that's a hard day for the chiefs. So you mentioned Chris Jones. Let's go right there. What is the latest on his health? He looked hobbled in the last one. We know a Hughes out. What, what is the plan on that defensive line starting with Jones, I guess. And then we can just sort of parlay that into the loss of a Hugh. Is this a, an opportunity for Felix Anudike Uzama? Is he ready for that? Do they go another direction? What, what are we looking at along that D line? Yeah, Chris Jones uh, appears to me, you know, as I see him in the hotel and in the meal room and things, he appears to me to be okay. He's not hobbled. He's not on crutches. He's not in a boot, you know, none of that stuff. So that quad injury, I think it's a quad injury on him. Uh, you know, I, whether or not he's going to be a hundred percent or not, he's going to be ready to go. I, I think he's going to be fired up and ready to go. And, and, as far as Aminahu, it's funny, Charles Aminahu walked by me yesterday, and he wasn't limping or anything. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Then I looked down and saw this massive, like, you know, brace and machine thing hanging off his right. his knees. So I was like, oh, okay, right, that that explains that. But, uh, it's you know, I think you said it right, man. Felix has an opportunity here. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. You, you want to make a statement? Go make it on the biggest stage in your profession. <laughs> if he comes out and he has three sacks, he will not buy a drink the rest of his life in Kansas City. I guarantee you. There you go. Well, you know, obviously one of the things we've got to talk about is Travis Kelsey and, and, and how he will be used. You know, there's so many things that you can do with, with a Travis Kelsey. Uh, I guess my question to you with, with regards to him is, how do you think that he'll be used this week? Is he going to be used in a bunch formation, maybe as a, as a tight wing, or are we going to see him in space? How do the Kansas City Chiefs intend to use Travis Kelsey this week when he lines up, and what will they be trying to get from him uh, out of however they do line him up? You know, Paul, I think it's interesting because the when they start the game, Travis pretty much sticks to the playbook. You know, what play is called, what he's supposed to do. But as the game progresses, he starts getting a feel for the defense. I don't know if I've ever seen a player, certainly outside of a quarterback, have a better understanding of defenses and space in football than Travis Kelsey. And what you see in him in later plays is, they may line him up in a bunch formation, but he may abandon that really quickly because he knows this space is going to be open. And this synergy that him and Mahomes have, it just is incredible to watch. And it, it never more so, never more so is it more powerful than in the playoffs. Watching these guys the last three weeks has been amazing. And I kind of expect that to continue. They kind of set that, you know, they set that stage for, how everybody else is going to play behind him. Look, will he completely abandon, abandon his roles in the formations? No, but I think you'll see him stretch things or shorten things to kind of find that open space. He just has such a good feel for how defense is played. Now, the one thing I will tell you is I think in watching, this is my film review, not coaches telling me things, so this is Dan's opinion, 
But when I watch the San Francisco 49ers, they do an excellent job defensively of occupying the middle of the field, something the Ravens didn't do well, something the Buffalo Bills were awful at. The, the Buffalo Bills left these massive gaps in the center of the field, and, and it just you might as well put a big flag down there that said, Travis Kelsey, come here. And I feel like the, the 49ers don't do that. So I do think Kelsey's going to have a harder time running his normal crossing middle stuff than what we've seen the last three weeks in the playoffs. We'll just have to see how he responds to that and how he adjusts. It feels, it does feel a little like um, it's going to be an off script kind of, back to the original stuff you guys were talking about with Bosa. There's going to be off script stuff that has to happen, right? Because the, the chances of Mahomes not having to scramble around in this game are almost zero. Right. Like he's, it's going to have to be one of those kinds of games. And so, like, that's – and I, I've kind of grown on Kelsey in this game having a big game because of that. It's almost like the pressure will necessitate it, which means Kelsey's going to be option A, right, even more often than he might normally be. I, I don't see a scenario, Dan, maybe you do, where Mahomes isn't under fire and having to move around like that in ad lib. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't either. I mean, not Bose is just always in the backfield. He's always. In, they, they have such a good line. A deep, the Forty Nineers have such a good defensive line. He's going to get a ton of pressure. However, I think Mahomes handles pressure very well, but it is going to necessitate him moving. You're exactly right, right with that. And, and I think the premise of what you just said is really important here, because these games don't come down to your system. They come down to adjusting and adjusting faster than the other guy. And there is – I look, I can't recall a Chiefs team. I'm not sure I can recall any team. If you go back to Peyton Manning, if you go back to Tom Brady, they both had very structured offenses. The Chiefs, they get into this backyard football. My money's on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, guaranteed. I don't think Brock Purdy could even do it if he has to do that. But – I don't just don't think anybody's better at playing backyard, draw it up in the dirt kind of football than these two. And so I, my money's on, on the Chiefs, and my money's on the game kind of becoming that late in the third or fourth quarter. It's what we saw in 2019 when we played them. You know, we, yeah. played, our, we played our game. We were from working from behind the whole game, and then the fourth quarter they just started throwing it on each other's backs saying, let's do this thing. Now, I, I know the Wasp was a huge catalyst in that. But I, I felt like that's how that game ended. So I kind of expect this game to be the same. You know, when you look at the outcome on this game, it could come down to just simply this. Which team gets the most pressure on their quarterback? Because that could be the difference in this football game. And the reason I say that is because if neither team gets great pressure on the quarterback, let's say they, they have a scheme where, you know, they really take good care of their quarterbacks. They give their quarterbacks time to operate in the pocket, which I don't think is going to happen, but it could. And if that happens, this could be a high-scoring game when you've got two quality quarterbacks, you've got receivers like both of these teams have, uh, and, and notwithstanding the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs receivers, they're playing pretty good. At now they're playing pretty good. Yep. And, of course, with a, with a Kelsey. I mean, both these teams have, have the capability of playing and lighting it up with the passing game. This could come down to simply which team gets more sacks, more hurries, more pressure, uh, makes the quarterback adjust in the pocket or even get out of the pocket, Uh Could this game simply come down? Who rushes the quarterback the best wins this game? 
Probably. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, that's certainly a game plan, a good game plan for most football games. I think the interesting aspect about this game, if you were to say, okay, and, and look guys, I, I don't think I'll ever, the lesson I learned out of the last three weeks of Chiefs football is how valuable experience is. It, it just is. Lamar Jackson didn't have it. Patrick Mahomes did. And, you know, I just feel like it's so valuable. So if you stack these guys up, let's just say quarterback to quarterback. Mahomes wins the experience game. He's, been, he's just more proven than Brock Purdy. I'm not saying Brock Purdy can't be a Super Bowl champion. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. I'm just saying Mahomes has got more experience than he does. If you stack up the defense, our defense against their defense, I just feel like our defense is more physical. I feel like it's more balanced. We, we, we're effective at all three levels. I don't think there's a better uh, cornerback tandem in the league right now than McDuffie and Snead. I think our linebackers are fierce. And we know what our George Karloftis, you know, uh, Chris Jones, look, you know, Felix has got to get in there. You know, he's, he's got to make some effectiveness. Mike Dana's going to play well. I just feel like if you stack our defense against their defense, I give our defense a little bit of an edge. So if you look at it, if you stack up a, a somewhat inexperienced quarterback against a slightly better defense, it seems like the answer to that, you know, if you take your you extrapolate your question all the way out, it seems like this is a Chiefs victory. And the one thing I, you know, I, I feel like you know, the lack of experience on Brock Purdy to play and we don't play interconference. So it's not like the chiefs and 49ers play a ton. You know, we don't know each other intimately, but I just feel like, you know, you got a quarterback who's I think a two year starter. How is he going to deal with the disguises, the master of disguise in, in Steve Spagnuolo. And so you got a lot of, there's a lot of little matchups here to look for. And I, you know, I, I feel like the chiefs, are just a tick better in all of those. So when it comes down to it, yeah, I think it's going to – I would be shocked, Paul, if it's a high-scoring game. I just don't think that's going to happen. At least I can't imagine that with our defense. I mean, our defense in the second half in the playoffs has been stunning, holding the Dolphins to nothing, the Bills to few, the, the Ravens to nothing. I just – I feel like it'd be a shock if this was a 35 to, you know, 41 victory or whatever. I I do think the pressure on the quarterback is going to make a difference. And I think when you analyze it, if both teams get equal pressure, I think Mahomes will fare better under that pressure. I I, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing on this stand. Like my, my brain is telling me the 49ers have more ammo, but my gut's telling me the same thing. It's told me since the worst of times this year, you give Mahomes and Kelsey that kind of defense and and I'm just – I don't know how you can bet against it. They'll be underdogs again here. I mean, look, the Chiefs have a better defense. San Francisco's had a better offense. There's, that's, it, that, that is in the evidence. San Francisco had the second-highest scoring offense in football this year, more than Miami, more than Baltimore, more than Buffalo, only behind Dallas slightly, and the Chiefs have had better defense. I mean, both teams have good offenses and good defenses. You've got one of the best offenses in football going up against one of the best defenses in football. But you have Mahomes tied to that best defense in football. I don't know how you bet against that. Yeah, yeah I heard uh, I heard it. I think it was Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football say the other day, he said, you know, normally the you see in like a Super Bowl matchup, you see a really good 
quarterback going up against a really good defense. The problem with this game is that both the good quarterback and the good defense are the same team in the Chiefs. And I, and I do think that's the case. I, I think, you know, much like Kelsey, I think Debo Samuel, I think Christian McCaffrey, they're going to get yards. You're not going to just take them out completely out of the game, I don't think. Uh, now, I know, and I know Debo Samuel is banged up, but, you know, he's getting some rest these, these two weeks as well. I just feel like they're going to get some yards, but I don't think, you know, Purdy's going to throw for 450 yards. I don't think he's going to, you know, throw three touchdowns, four touchdowns on this Chiefs defense. I just think they're too good, man. Uh, quick question, and it's very important. Everybody needs to know the, the answer to this one, and I hope you have the answer. Travis Kelsey wins Super Bowl MVP. Does he pop the question to Taylor Swift? <laughs> Well, I've heard all kinds of things. Last night it was kind of cute. He said, uh, you know, Taylor Swift had won album of the year and brought home a Grammy, I think, on Sunday night. And so he said, well, she brought home the hardware. Now it's my turn to bring home the hardware. Now, there you go. That's the drive, man. He's, I, I've heard rumors oh, that that might happen. Wow. I, I've oh, heard. My goodness. Yeah. I, but I've also heard rumors that he was going to hide the ring in Andy Reid's belly button and have Andy pull up his shirt and <laughs> the ring out. And I thought, okay, that, that has to be the least romantic thing I've ever heard. Hey. She, she might actually have to tell him no if that's how he pops the question. Would she put I, it, actually put it on? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, there's strategy, that's Dan. Right. Like, if, if he asks her publicly, it's harder for her to say no. It, oh. It's a strategic move. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Jacob would know. I do think this whole <laughs> that's right. this whole thing has just been amazing to watch with her her circle of influence, where she literally doesn't even have to go on the air and and pump a product, and she just wears it. It becomes sold out immediately. It's been fascinating to watch this. I kind of for a while I was calling this the Taylor Swift Bowl, but uh, I, I will say this about Kelsey. He man, he seems dialed in right now. I just. He seems incredibly focused. I don't, you know, I think this guy really wants this ring. And and I, it's interesting to me because I get to wear two Super Bowl rings because of these guys. And would I like a third? Sure. But it, it's not like the first. I don't know where their drive comes from. And it's fascinating to me to watch the mindset and the competitiveness of these athletes because they are really driven for this. Mahomes and Kelsey – uh, they're setting the tone, and the, uh, you walk around the hotel. There's not a lot of crazy going on. It's all business, and I just that's to me that's a good omen. And maybe the 49ers hotel is that way too. But at the very least, guys, we're going to get a heck of a Super Bowl, and that to me, if it's a good game, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be satisfied. It it will be. I I think almost certainly it will be. And it's going to be uh, a blast. And they're the underdog. That's all the motivation they need. They have been. They will continue to be. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll be the perceived underdog in this game, and they'll use it. All right, Dan, it's the weird broadcast stuff. Uh, so uh, as far as the pre- and post-game, which we're privy to, what do you guys have planned? We're hoping to get Kurt Warner and possibly Kevin Harlan on. Uh, that'll be fun. Ke- Kevin's always fun. It's, you know, yeah. It takes me back to the 90s and, you know, when I started and was young in this sport. And, and I just love having Kevin on. But Kurt is amazing. His analysis is always great. He's fun to be around. And so hopefully we're going to get him on. We're trying to work out time schedules. It's a little strange. The, the demand on everybody's time here is just furious. 
And so trying to work out these segments, you know, like we'll do a segment that's supposed to air live, we'll record so that we can record Kurt Warner for a later segment, which is pretty easy for me to keep track of because I have it all on paper. But what, what typically happens in those is Danon and Kling will be talking and they say, you know, we talked with Kurt Warner. And I'm like, no, no, fans haven't heard that yet. And they, they don't know we've talked to Kurt Warner yet. But it'll be fun. We're, we'll have something. We'll have some good stuff. I'm I'm headed to Radio Row today, so hopefully get to see some people. We get a, yesterday. We talked to Annie Agar, and uh, that was fun. She's hysterical, and uh, it's it's an environment down here that's target rich, right? There are people everywhere, and they're all good. So we'll dial in something. All right, Dan. Well, we look forward to it. Uh, the Chiefs Radio Network pre and post game, uh, as always, you can hear with our Odyssey family. Enjoy this one, Dan. Uh, we'll have a postmortem next week, and it's hard to imagine that'll be the end of it, but it's going to be a fun ride on the way there. Yeah, let's go win another championship. There he goes, Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, I believe we'll have Tommy back in shortly. We'll come back. On the way out here, let's give away some HTO, shall we? Let's uh, do it. Let's go free coffee which are available at the uh, free brew house coffee available in derby or at east wichita's location or free iced tea which is good in derby or either wichita location good luck everybody first caller to the kfh hotline right now 869-1240 will win that pair of prizes we'll be back with more sports daily right after this Welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily here on KFH. Uh, Paul, where are we? So the story comes yesterday, and it's, man, it's right in the middle of about a thousand things happening. But there is some chatter now about a decision by the uh, National Labor Relations Board that the men's basketball team could vote for a union. If so, it would mark the first time a labor union would consist of NCAA athletes. So, you know, this this is interesting because it's the NCAA's fault. It's college athletics' fault. This will be as disruptive or more than anything that's changed or is changing with college athletics, certainly. Um, and I just sit here and I'm like, that many years of exploitative, you know, behaviors is if it leads to this and you get a union overall, I don't know how they're ever going to sort this out or agree to like labor disputes because the business models never made sense to begin with. Well, this is an interesting development, by the way, this, this is all happening at Dartmouth of all places, an Ivy league school. Uh, How's that for irony with regards to unionizing at an Ivy league school of all places. So with that being said, uh, it makes it very, very interesting because it's almost like this is an entity that the, the, this basketball team is like an entity, like a particular wing of the Dartmouth uh, Employees Association. Like these are guys that aren't in maintenance. Uh, they aren't in, in teaching. They aren't in, uh, in uh, cafeteria work. They aren't in maintenance. They're in basketball, and they're, gonna, they're going to have their own wing of, of you know, unionizing 
uh, for, let me get this right, the Service Employees International let me, Union. Paul, so, Paul let, me, let me ask you this more sure. basically. Are, are college athletes employees of a university? That's a very good question. Now, off first blush, I so, would say so. This no, Dartmouth, but, this Dartmouth group said that they're easily spending forty hours a week working for their sport. The NCAA permits twenty, right? I, I think we're being naive if we don't think of college athletes as revenue drivers for their institutions, right? Right. right. Which you can call that what you want, but they do work for the university and generate money for the university. The fundamental question comes in, is a scholarship or anything else, you know, enough to warrant the work? Well, that's what would have to get negotiated out if this happens. We know how much power players unions have in pro sports. We see at times in Major League Baseball and really none of the other sports. Well, sometimes in football, like so it's hard I think at the core, players are going to get paid. How it happens and how much is what will get sorted out here. How much can universities realistically afford? Uh, How much do athletics fund other things on campus, which isn't really the athlete's fault? But, But all businesses go through this, right? Like some employees have more value to you and earn more than others, but maybe they provide more overall for your company. I don't know how that gets sorted out. Union negotiations are going to be messy and complicated because there are so many athletes across so many sports. Do you have a basketball players union? Do you have a track athlete union? Do you have one big, big union to represent all college athletes? Like it's so complicated to even try to comprehend. And I just think back to like, it's so unnecessary. If college athletics would have done a long time ago, what needed to be done and get ahead of the curve on all this stuff within I like whatever opportunity you had to avoid this, they have basically avoided being forward thinking and compensating these athletes. If this is the ultimate conclusion, tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It has a chance to be so much more disruptive 
to what you've loved about co- like if you think NIL is disruptive wait till you see a college athletes union you want to see disruptive to everything you've ever known about college athletics I mean it's going to be a mess well hold on there coach East. I'm not quite so sure that that is the particular case that we need to have uh, said because here's the thing about the strength of a union is about strength in numbers so right now we've got Dartmouth the basketball team at Dartmouth is unhappy they don't like what's going on they hate this thing. They, there's things they hate going on at Dartmouth University or Dartmouth College. So they're saying we may want to join this union. We may want to get a union. Now, the thing about unions is their strengths and numbers. Can you see the University of Kansas saying, Dartmouth, we're with you. We're going on strike. We're not playing the University of, of uh, we're not playing the University of Houston this weekend for a Big 12 championship. We're on strike. We're with you. We're going to hang in there. I don't see that happening, my friend. I Have you ever see seen it happening in any I, sport? I, I, you I don't see it see, in Major I, League Baseball in 1994? No, that's uh, a different thing, though. That's a different thing. Why? Th- that's that's different because this is strength in numbers. They all are represented in the same thing. The, the, the interests of Dartmouth and the interests of the University of Kansas are two different things. They're different things for almost every university. They're all going to be different. They're almost like standalone units. I don't see how this works in terms of what good does it do? And I'm going to ask you, Jacob, what good does it do to be in a union? I don't see. Now, I can see being a member of the NIL and, and, and now with, with the passing of the NIL and the, and the portals and all that stuff, if you're a player, man, that is great. That is great fun. Well, that is look, great I, leverage. But, I, but, but nobody is going to go on strike to give dark. Paul, have you been – I mean, have you been watching society the last? We've had a we've had a, a United Auto Workers sure, strike, which sure. bounds across companies, and we've seen a Hollywood strike, both at the you know writer level and producer, and then the actor level. Right. Sure, like I, I, it it gets into it it probably gets into the weeds politically on what people think about unions, and that's it's only important to talk about possibilities of what could happen. We're not here to, you know, get on some platform and discuss the validity right. of of labor unions. That's not what we're here to do, but it's it's there in front of us as a possibility. And and I think, you know, if it it's just always interesting to me the pressures that athletes or really anyone in any profession face to join these unions or not, right? Like it's it's a it is an interesting phenomenon to me. And so if you have a scenario where athletes universally and holistically unionize, I think that's a possibility. I think individual unions at individual schools are a possibility. I think individual unions for individual sports is also a possibility. I think none of it happening is a possibility. But what it all points to is the same thing, is more compensation to the players. And what fascinates me the most by it is this was all so avoidable. But, like, when you just bury your head in the sand, which is what people want to do with college athletics, it, it and put, I'm saying from the perspective of a university, worst-case scenarios can present themselves. If you have unified, like, there's strength in numbers, you're right. There's also a lot of pressure, Paul with unions for people to get in them because they know there is strength in numbers. We're seeing nurses strike all over the country from hospital to hospital. Like, of course, there's strength in numbers. And that's what should have the greatest fear, 
you know, from the universities and the NCAA standpoint, is if there is any, you know, unifying effort on this, I don't know what would happen. I don't even know how I can't even comprehend with the value of players in different sports at different places being so different from place to place. On the flip side, if you're Caleb Williams, right? Like it, does it benefit you to be in a union full of soccer players? Right? I don't know. Like are they going to drive your value down or are you better off in the open and free market? Doing I I it's all so dang complicated. This to me, unionization of athletes of all the possible scenarios in college athletics has always been the most complicated. Always had the most wrinkles to try and navigate. The simplest was always NIL, which should have been fully embraced from the get-go by everybody, right? Because then the universities aren't the one that have to pay it. The next simplest is just pay them. Put them under a work contract instead of a scholarship and pay them. You can choose. You can either have the monetary value of a scholarship. You can take a scholarship and build in more value to that. If that's what, like that to me has always been the simplest. This is the most complicated. If this, if this turns into anything is, is to deal with unions trying to negotiate with universities. I, I, I mean, it's going to be a hot mess, Paul. Well, here's the thing. Basically unionizing is over several things, including travel, uh, practice hours and working conditions. Listen, right. you take Dartmouth and the University of Kansas. Working conditions are going to be totally opposite. The luxurious, the wonderful, the great working conditions of the University of Kansas basketball is going to be a lot different than Dartmouth. And then you take you take travel. You know, we, you know the University of Kansas travels on the best, the best of everything. You know, you're going to be taking a bus a lot at Dartmouth. You're going to be taking a bus. You're not going to be flying everywhere. You're going to be bussing everywhere. That's just the nature of the, the money that's available. I don't see how this works because like products are so different. Now, uh, Dartmouth. Paul, do you think do you think Tom Hanks and the extra who's in SAG-AFTRA have different working conditions? <laughs> well, I would say I would say they probably both go to the same set. They both have the same ability to eat off the food table that is catered to them on a daily basis, that they probably have uh, very nice trailers that they can change in. They have the attention from no, the they direct— don't. I, I'm not The sorry. extra does not have the same circumstances as the A-list superstar. Well, okay. They absolutely do not. Well, maybe they don't. I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know uh, whether whether Tom Hanks— I would imagine if you're Tom Hanks's second, though— that's something else. If you're Jad Chambers' second, your working conditions are not very good. But if you're Tom Hanks' second, I I got a feeling that the studio has taken pretty darn good care of him. Yeah, I'll bet it is. Yeah. It's not that bad. But they're both a member of the same union that works in in hand with each other, right? They're part of it. So well, so yeah. I yeah, that's right. And and that's where like I again like I'm not smart enough at a bird's eye look to understand the potential of what a union would look like but i've got a decent idea of what it could look like and it could be disruptive to the college model we've known forever if you think the transfer portal and if you think nil have been disruptive to the college model you know and love wait till you see labor unions negotiating with I guess athletic administrator, like I, like I don't even. It it would be 
catastrophic. Universities well, can't handle when that. When you put it like that, it is a little scarier than, than maybe I was thinking. It might be a little scarier. I don't know, but when you put it like that, well, maybe you've got a point. I don't know what the I, and I don't even know where that lands. Maybe it's not much at all. Maybe you're just negotiating pack practice hours like you mentioned, and you let NIL handle the compensation. Maybe there's some combination of things. How do you unify a bunch of young people to do anything, right? Like it would take so much effort to even. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, let. <laughs> This is a joke. Please, nobody take offense. Yeah. Let and the it, nerds at Dartmouth figure it out. Yeah, right? Dartmouth then, could drop basketball. You know, that's a possibility they could see. That's this, what. That's the fear, work, right? Universities are going to get to a point they're where gonna, they're like, we like, sorry, can't afford it. Not worth it. I don't know. That's right. That, that, I, that is I, a fear. I don't know. That is a fear, yes. We'll see. It's out there. We'll continue to kind of keep our eye on it and see what comes of it. Nothing, you know, to panic about yet, but it's an interesting development because like two years ago, the same board said that players couldn't unionize at Northwestern. So clearly they've had a change of heart. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where this ultimately lands. I do know it's probably got some people sweating right now. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Super Bowl just days away. Of course, the you know Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing has made already such a big pop culture thing, even more pop culture-y. Um, are you enjoying it, Paul, still, this, this side story of the Super Bowl and the Chiefs this season? I think it's great. I've, I haven't had an issue with it the whole way. I think you... You know, to some degree, you've got to you've got to find it if you want it. I think it is easy. I mean, you're going to hear about it, but you know, people that get annoyed, they're they're just like trying to right. be annoyed by something. Right. Well, who am I to say who can fall in love and who can't? I mean, right. You know, who who am I? You know, it doesn't matter you're to get me. in the way you, of love, Paul. I, I am not going to be that guy to get in the way you're of the, love. You're you're a big old teddy bear, the That's thespian, right. like you believe in storybook romance. Yeah, find whoever you love and love them, and that's fine with me. Good for you. I'm happy for you. So who am I to say that, that Kelsey and, and Swift aren't meant for each other? I think they might be. I was skeptical. Yeah. I was skeptical at first. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to – Jacob, I'm not going to say, oh, no. But you've no. never – but, you, I, but you've never been you've never been like annoyed with no, the coverage. No. I think it's I think it's fun. No, I, think, I love that my kids know about it and ask me about it. And, and it's like it, it honestly like it's the first foray for me with three kids under 10. The two that are in elementary school are like aware of this social. Phen- it's the first time this has happened. So now, like. You know, they're more interested in a football game. They're more interested in Taylor Swift's music. They're more right. interested in both. Like, right. I, it's it's very cool to sort of see them take on, like, cultural relevance like that for the first time. Right. I, I've had a blast with it. I think it's really cool well, to, to see it and have it happening. Count me in on that because although I love football and I follow football, there have been a lot of Taylor Swift fans who weren't necessarily football fans who have had exposure kind of like it, kind of follow it now, partly because of her. Probably the Chiefs have picked up a, up a lot of those fans because of Taylor Swift. Sure they And have. you want to know something? I couldn't have told you when this all started one Taylor Swift song. I'm sorry. I just, I just It's not my genre. 
I, I wish it was more my genre. But you know something? I recognize a few Taylor Swift songs about right now. And I wouldn't have known any Taylor Swifts. What are you looking at me like that? Jad is looking at me like what's you. You the know song? the songs you wouldn't have known they were her. I get it. No. I didn't know Jad. nearly as much as <laughs> the general public. Yeah. But I have listened to more Taylor Swift now. There, there you go. No I, question. I recognize them. And that's saying something because I wouldn't have. You know, I've always thought, well, she was just one of those pop stars. You know, she's one of those one of those phenomenons that uh, young teenager lady uh, girls would would enjoy and and so uh but now I know I mean so really and truly I understand how Taylor Swift has brought her fans more of them into the recognition of football because Travis Kelsey and his love for Taylor Swift have brought me into knowing more about Taylor Swift and who would have ever thought that for guys sakes that's a I'll beautiful tell you what thing I I'm with you on that the other thing it's done is like from what I'm observing now, there's an unreasonable amount of haters out there, and I just sort of dis. I I, I just oh, don't. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not culturally yeah. relevant yeah. enough. No, I mean yeah. even before. Well, where just, now is like my kids are asking about the music, and I'm like, why? Like, it seems like they're just haters to be haters. Well, right? That's like horrible. I haven't seen anything. Like she's living the life that that we all wish we could live, flying around, before yeah. having fun. Watching her boyfriend play football, like the in-laws are having a great time. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I like it. I think it's been fun. I, I've I, got no issue with I've it. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. And by the way, she's brought millions and millions of young fans into a recognition of football, and I'm grateful for and that. And he has brought and and he has brought millions and millions of fans to her music yeah, too. By the I way, count, count, count me as one of them. Yeah. It's, it's fun. We'll get it one more time on full display. It's not their fault everybody asks them questions about it all That's the time. That's not their 869 We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network today next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.